I'm going to read from the Gospel of Luke. And by the way, when I read this, um, I need you to just stay with me, okay? Because I'm not the best reader. It's kind of like I've got a job to read and I'm like, God. But I'm going to try and read because what's happening in this story or this narrative is, I think, sometimes so close to us. So I'll read it to you. Gospel of Luke, chapter 7, verses 20 to 23. John's two disciples found Jesus and said to him, John the Baptist sent us to ask, are you the Messiah we've been expecting or should we keep looking for someone else? At that very time, that moment, Jesus cured many people of their diseases, illnesses and evil spirits. He restored sight to many who were blind. Then he told John's disciples, go back to John and tell him what you have seen and heard. The blind see, the lame walk, those with leprosy are cured, the deaf hear, the dead are raised to life and the good news is being preached to the poor. And he added, God blesses those who are not offended or stumble because of me. After John's disciples left, Jesus began talking about him to the crowds, John the Baptist. What kind of man did you go into the wilderness to see? Was he a weak reed swaying by every breath of the wind? Or were you expecting to see a man dressed in expensive clothes? No, people who wear beautiful clothes and live in luxury are found in palaces. Were you looking for a prophet? Yes, he is more than a prophet. God is the man, John is the man whom the scriptures refer to when they say, look, I am sending my messenger ahead of you. He will prepare the way way before you. Verse 28, I tell you all of this, all who have ever lived, none is greater than John. Yet even the least person in the kingdom of God is greater than he is. When they heard this, all the people, even the tax collectors, agreed that God's way are right and just. For they had been baptized by John, but the Pharisees and the expert in the religious laws rejected God's plan for them. For they had refused John's baptism. To what can I compare the people of this generation? Jesus asked, how can I describe them? They are like children playing a game in the public square. They complain to their friends. We played wedding songs and you didn't dance. So we played funeral songs and you didn't weep. For John the Baptist didn't spend his time eating bread or drinking wine. And you said he's possessed by a demon. The Son of Man, on the other hand, feasts and drinks. And you say he is a glutton and a drunkard. And a friend of tax collectors and other sinners. But the wisdom is shown to be right by the consistencies of the lives who follow it. See, this is what I need you to understand right now. I'm doing my best to give you a taste of what we're trying to do as a church, doing good in the society. How can we do good? How can we dream more? How can we provide more water wells? The three major areas we will dedicate ourselves is to children, water, and the environment. We can do everything, but we can do something. Children need a future. We need to break them out of the cycle of poverty. And through child sponsorship, we've been able to have a go. It's not perfect, but there's way more we can do. Through water, clean water, we can literally break people out of the cycle of poverty and they can start focusing on rebuilding communities, thinking about education and the future of their children and the future generations just by giving them clean water so they don't have to spend their day sick and diseased and weak and feeble. Just clean water. 
someone in Berlin was thinking about you. There'd probably be never a plaque ever written, oh, Berlin. I don't really care if they ever have our name. Heaven records that we were connected though. And we've got to know that environment matters ecologically. We've got to plant trees. We've got to rethink of sustainable ways, our food security. Plastics is not sustainable. I'm not talking from the front like a climate change activist. I'm just trying to tell you, God gave us the earth and He said, it's in your care. We take and we take and we take and we give nothing back. And so, yeah, we're going to focus on them three things, children, water, the environment. I would love you to be a part of it. I would love you to lean into it. I would love you that you would somehow say, I would love to serve God together with a bunch of people like you. Not to control you, but to empower and release. But look at this story. John the Baptist is the one who was leading the way. He was preparing the way for the Messiah. He was a part of the solution. He wasn't a part of the problem. And guess what he says in John chapter 1? Behold! The Lamb of the world who takes the sin of the world upon Himself. He saw what no one else could see. And yet there comes a period in His life where He's in prison. Life didn't go the way He thought it was going to go. He didn't get the nice home. He didn't get the plasma TV. He didn't get the bonus at work. He didn't become friends with Elon Musk. He didn't get shares. He found himself later in life with not much going on. He like did good and, and now he's like forgotten, locked up. He didn't know he was about to lose his head because of Herod's relationship with the really crazy people. And the daughter of this woman says, what do you want for your birthday? And she says, I want his head. I've been serving God all this time. I've tithed, I've blessed, I've laughed from Pastor Mark, told his funny jokes, and now you want my head? Life doesn't go the way we think it's going to go sometimes. And John the Baptist sends his disciples and he says, just pop in, say hello to Jesus. We are cousins, by the way, but let me know, is, are you the one or we should be looking for another? Are really? Behold the Lamb of God who takes the sins of the world. Uh, Are you the one or we should look for another? How do you get to that place where you believe and life knocks so much out of you that you're like, I'm doubting, I'm not sure. And the reason I'm saying this scripture, because how many of us look at the craziness of our world right now? How bad does it have to be before we say, I don't like it as much as many of you in the room don't like it. But let me tell you, we are in the world. We are not of the world. We are separated and then we are sent. He calls you out. He gives you a different spirit and then He kicks you back in and says, now go make a difference. What do we do with our children? We receive them. We love them, we feed them, we pour into them. And then there comes a day where you're going to release them. And they're going to extend your family, but they're going to make their own family. You can't hold your children forever. And that's what God does with us. He says, I want to bring you in close. I want to adopt you into my family. 
You now are a child of God. You're a son and a daughter of the Most High. And now I'm going to put my spirit in you. That does not take away from your profound uniqueness. It actually brings it to the forefront. And he says, now I'm going to put you back into the darkness to be a bright shining light. That's what our mission is about. So let's realize that all of us can have a John the Baptist experience. You look at the world and you're like, I'm in dismay. You look at the conflict and the wars and the craziness and the abuses and the hypocrisy and the double standards and you're like, where's their justice? And maybe you're like most people feel paralyzed. Maybe you feel powerless. Maybe the best you can do is get on the streets and let your voice be heard. But that just happened a few weeks ago because of some political ideologies that bring back the past to the very present. And then you realize nothing changes in humanity unless Christ comes in and changes the heart. If you want the world to change, you have to change what the world worships. And so what is mission all about? First of all, realize God started the mission, not the church. The church just owned it. But let me tell you, Let's not get to a place where John the Baptist is going, oh my goodness, are you the one? Or should we look for another? What I'm trying to say is, it's easy to doubt. It's easy to get to that place. Why? Because life can hit you so many times where you're like, what's the point of believing anymore? I heard Pastor Mark talk about water wells. I used to be so fired up. Now I'm like, how do I get even water for myself? First year, I bought some new Nikes. I was ready to go. I was adidas up. I was pumered out. I was going for it. I'm going to break 20. You know, I'm going to break the 20-minute thing, 5K past the Mac. Who's he think he is? I'll run faster than him. You're all fired up like John the Baptist. But the issue is not about starting and it's not even about finishing. It's what happens in the middle. Can you stay motivated? Can you stay loved? Will you still stay on mission, in mission, for mission? That's the biggest story. And Jesus said, tell John, even right now, the deaf hear, the dead are raised, the poor hear the gospel, The blind see, and those who are struggling with sicknesses are healed in Jesus' name. And he's saying, John, you've got familiar with what isn't happening. I want to remind you, while this is going on, so is this. While the enemy is working, so is God. While this is happening, so is the kingdom. While righteousness is moving, the enemy is days unnumbered. You are to build, you are to love, you are to forgive. You're to bring heaven to earth. That's why you're a child of God. That's why the Kindness Project is a vehicle, not perfect, but let it move and let it bring a generation in Jesus' name. And maybe there's some kids in this city and all they know is how to make money through the club scene. And God's gonna save them and separate them and send them back to bring initiatives like water. So yeah, let's pray for those who may be living in darkness right now. Not judging them, but praying for them. Why? Because the Father draws. The Holy Spirit creates a new identity and the whole, and Jesus prays for us, intercedes 24-7. What's Jesus doing? Is He sleeping today? 24 hours, seven days a week, interceding on our behalf. 
So pray the Father will draw. I remember coming to this city based on one newspaper clip. It was called the Love Parade. It went from a handful of people to literally hundreds of thousands of people who were just having some great music, electronic house. I loved it. I still love it. Joyce doesn't, but I do. (laughs) But let me tell you, I watched how this thing grew. And what it was is when they interviewed people, they said they're just looking for family. They're just looking for community. They're just looking for a sense of purpose. And they were trying to find it through music, through sex, and through drugs. And ultimately, they didn't find what they were looking for because instead of healing them, it it destroyed them. Become more lonely, more lost, more dark, more broken. I'm not anti any of these things. I'm just saying at the end, you're looking in the wrong place. If you want life, go where life is. In Jesus' name, amen. Don't go where it's a smoke screen of life, but it's leading to death. So what's got to change in you? What's got to change in me? What's got to change in us? But let me tell you, this is the church we've come to build, and this is the church, by the grace of God, we will keep our course in Jesus' name.